Welcome listeners, but take heed. We will say whatever we need to share our knowledge, thoughts, and joy, and even things that do annoy. So join us now, but be aware. We have a tendency to swear. We'll dial it back a little bit. But frankly, we don't give a shit. It's Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Welcome to Just Keep Rolling's fourth episode of Potterheads of History. I'm Katie, and I'll be your Madam Hooch for today's ultimate knockdown drag out cage match for Severus Snape's very soul. In this corner, weighing in at 20 pounds, if she's holding a complete set of Harry Potter books, it's Alan! Hey, I think the books weigh more than 20 pounds. Fine, 50 pounds if you're soaking wet. Mm-hmm. And in the other corner, we have our patron, Quincy Tyree! Quincy's wand is a 13 and an eighth inch ivy with a dragon heartstring core. He's a griffin pufferin, gay rights activist, author, actor, model, rapper, songwriter, podcast host, youth counselor, and all-around badass. This proud keeper of the Just Keep Rolling podcast is an Order of Merlin first-class patron, has been listening since December 2019, and is a proud holder of an eight-week trivia streak. Quincy came to chew bubblegum and hand out ass whoopings, and he is fresh out of bubblegum. He has read the Harry Potter books over a thousand times, and has seen the movies maybe as much. He insists that you know that his favorite character is Lee Jordan. Hi. <laughs> In this episode of Potterheads of History, we are going to let Ellen and Quincy debate about their differing opinions of Severus Snape. According to the Harry Potter lexicon, Snape was a conundrum to all who knew him. Sarcastic and hard on his most vulnerable students, yet respected by his colleagues. Dumbledore's confidant and healer, yet also apparently his murderer. Although he was a Death Eater at one time, he became a member of the Order of the Phoenix, working secretly against the Dark Lord after meeting with Dumbledore on the Windy Hilltop in 1980 to warn him of an impending attack on the Potter family. Snape's regret over the death of his lost love, Lily Evans, kept him going as a double spy till the end of his life. He was the half-blood only child of Tobias Snape, a muggle, and Eileen Prince Snape, a witch. The Snape household on Spinner's End in an industrial part of northern England was not a happy one. Tobias Snape frequently unleashed his anger on his wife, and Severus, their wizard child, was neglected or worse. When he was about nine years old, young Severus discovered another magically gifted child at the neighborhood playground and fell in love with green-eyed Lily Evans's generous nature and her daring. This episode was Quincy's idea, so I'm going to let him start off. I hate Severus Snape. There, I said it. The question in your mind will probably be, well, why don't you like him? And I have a plethora of reasons that I have. And we're going to talk about him today. Yeah, and I can totally understand disliking him because the man was not very pleasant. But I do think that he did enough good to be forgiven. I mean, eh, he was, I get it. He was a double agent. He protected Harry and the gang like multiple occasions. But let's look at all the other times where he wasn't so nice. Like when he first meets Harry, he gives him some bullshit question about Wormwood and Asphodel. And people want to take that and run with it. And then I'm expected to believe that an 11-year-old with no prior knowledge of the wizarding world who is his first year at Hogwarts 
And before then spent majority of his life in public school being tortured and terrorized by the baby well that is Dudley Dursley is supposed <laughs> to know an ancient Victorian flower language. Like, it's illogical in so many words on my mind. You and I have actually had part of this conversation before, and just so everyone knows, according to Victorian flower language, asphodel is a type of lily meaning migrets follow you to the grave, and wormwood means absence, and also typically symbolizes bitter sorrow. So combined, it means I bitterly regret Lily's death. And I don't think that this was meant to be Snape saying something in code to Harry because you're absolutely correct. There's just no way he would know that. But I do think that this was just J.K. Rowling putting in some ridiculously subtle foreshadowing about Snape's true allegiance. And that's cute or whatever, but... Let's be real. Let's let's look at how he <laughs> tortured these children. Like he treated Neville so badly from the beginning and like for no reason whatsoever. And you can't convince me that his distaste for Hermione wasn't stemming from how he views muggleborns and muggles. Like just because he was a double agent doesn't mean he had like changed his views at the topic seeing as like he only became a double agent in the first place because he accidentally got the love of his life killed because he wanted revenge. All right. I'm not going to pretend like Snape wasn't a terrible teacher because he was horrible to Harry and Neville and Hermione especially, but I don't think it was for no reason. We obviously know that Harry reminded Snape of James Mm -hmm. and we know how they loathed each other back in the day. And I think that accounts for the majority of how he treated Harry. But I do want to say that as for Neville, I'm not entirely sure that this, well, I would never say this makes it okay that he treated him the way that he did. But I do think I can understand where it was coming from because I don't think it was for no reason. Neville could have been the chosen one. And Snape knew that. He knew that the prophecy could have meant Neville or Harry and Voldemort chose Harry. So somewhere in his twisted mind, he blames Neville for the death of Lily too. If Voldemort had chosen Neville, Lily would still be alive. And I'm not saying that makes it okay, but I do think that it made it hard for him to see Neville and not put some of that on him as well. Uh, You know, luck of the draw, Snapey boy. Like, (laughs) you see what happens when you gamble? And you know what? It's just, it was just like really heartbreaking because it's like, even from the beginning, you didn't know why he was such an asshole towards Neville. Like, for God's sake, he was Neville's bug art. And I'm like, you tortured this kid. Like, you're the one thing this little 11, 12, 13 year old boy fears the most. And that, like, I, I shook my head so many times at that. Which is why I would never say that he's a good teacher. But for Hermione, I do think you're right that his distaste for her relates to her being muggle-born. But I think it has more to do with the fact that Lily was muggle-born and also the brightest witch of her age. I think Mm. in a lot of ways, Hermione reminded Snape of Lily and seeing her become so close to Harry felt like Lily choosing James all over again. Because let's not forget 
when he has that portrait of Phineas Nagellus keeping an ear out for their location in the seventh book so that he can get the sword to them, Phineas calls Hermione a mudblood and Snape tells him not to use that word. Like he's never used that word towards somebody, huh? He's just a beacon of hope here, huh? Well, here's the thing about that. I understand. I really do. I get it that he feels immense guilt, as he should, because, one, he was a stalker. Let's be real. He stalked her. <laughs> he was trying He was trying so hard to make her fall in love, and she's just like, I wasn't feeling it. No, you're being creepy. And she comes in and tries to help him. Nobody asked for your help, you filthy mudblood. And now all of a sudden, uh, I'm going to kill your husband and your child, and then maybe, maybe that'll make you fall in love. His priorities are messed up. Snape's whole priorities are messed up. So if he thinks that Hermione is over here reminding him of Lily, like, it, it just puts a whole creepy image of him falling in love with her all over again in my mind like well i don't know that this was a conscious thing i think it's just he is twisted he's he has gone through a lot throughout his life it's really fucked him up and i think that it leads him to do a lot of really shitty things harry went through a lot in his life and you know you don't hear him calling hermione a mudblood harry still made poor choices harry still like he had a ton of anger issues but he did get on that Hogwarts Express and meet Ron and get essentially adopted by the Weasleys. And he had an escape. He had Hogwarts and he had a family that he could turn to that showed him love and support. And Snape never had that. The closest thing that he had to that, he ended up destroying. Because he's a dick. And that just fucked him up even more. Good point, good point. Snape also had a chance to make friends that like Ron and Hermione, like Ron and Hermione. And the appeal kind of hanging out with the older bad boys of his house probably drug him to still make those bad decisions that he made. I mean, and that's something that happens for a lot of kids that experience trauma as a young age. Like a lot of my students, I have kids that just finished eighth grade last year and now I know that they're in gangs. Like, yeah. it's just, they've had a rough childhood and they turn to the first group that actually accepts them. And I think unfortunately in the case of Snape, especially once he ended up in a different house as Lily, I think that he turned towards his new older friends and they led him even more down a, a dangerous path for him already having so much trauma in his life. But he was also looking forward to being in Slytherin from the get-go. Yeah, I think his mother was also in Slytherin. And he even said when he first met James that that's where the brainy people went. Yeah. He said brainy over brawny. So I think in his mind, Slytherin wasn't this evil place to go to. I think the only really experience with wizards he had was through his mother and... I mean, the fact that he called himself the Half-Blood Prince, he, he used his own mother's name because that was the part he was proud of, it seems. And I think that because his father was so abusive and maybe even worse, that it really is what put him off towards muggles. That was his only real experience with them. First of all, Ellen, you're supposed to be convincing Katie, not me. I'm not going to fall into this trap. <laughs> He's still an asshole. 
as we get into the second book, there's just more of him bullying from the moment, like when he was trying to get my boys expelled because he was upset that they are driving that badass car to school and he never had a chance to drive a badass car to school. Snape was just being the whole bully. Like, even if they should have been expelled, when your motives are in question, you have questionable motives and you just popping up like, if you were in my house, well, sir, they're not. You should have called their um, headmaster first. Well, Mm-mm-mm. like you said, maybe this was a moment where they should have been expelled because compared to Professor McGonagall's previous severe student smackdowns, they got off extremely light. And they did. Yeah. Let's and she not, even smiled. Right. Let's also not forget that when Snape first found Harry and Ron after they flew in a legally enchanted car, <laughs> exposed the wizarding world, and crash landed and did some damage to the Whomping Willow Tree, they were literally standing around fantasizing about all of the awful things that could have happened to Snape. Maybe he's <laughs> ill. Maybe he's been fired. Maybe he's quit since he missed out on the Defense Against the Dark Arts job again. As a teacher, I can tell you if I overheard students talking about me like that, I wouldn't like them either. Now, I am far more professional than Snape, and I'd never let them know or feel that I didn't like them. And that's why I keep saying that I don't think Snape is well suited to be an educator, but that doesn't make me hate him as a person. But to be fair, he gave Harry and Ron every reason to hate him. Harry was oblivious from the moment that he met Snape until the end of the first book because he did not know why Snape hated him so bad. No, he didn't understand. And I don't know that you could say that by the end he does understand, but he does understand better. He has accepted where it all came from. And I think that if Harry is able to forgive him, then other people should be able to. I think that plays a big role in me being able to forgive him for the shitty stuff. Because I think... Stockholm Syndrome. (laughs) I think that he was... (laughs) I think he so desperately wanted them expelled because it triggered his jealousy that Harry was a favorite who got away with everything. And I would imagine that it brought up feelings of all of the shit that James got away with too. Oh, and that's another thing. Snape knowing for a fact why Dumbledore is keeping Harry around and he just wants to throw him back into the muggle world where he can potentially get killed well, I'm just shaking my head. I'm not going to argue that Snape's decisions are rational because they're At not all. but I will say that Harry was actually probably pretty safe at least from wizarding world threats while he was living with his aunt and uncle but I don't think that Snape was using that reasoning to try and get Harry thrown out of the wizarding world. I think he was just blinded by his jealousy and past issues with James. Okay, but he had jealousy and past issues involving a child. Like, a child. Harry was a kid. Like, how do you hate a a kid? How do you hate a kid that you don't even know yet? Like, you've never met him. But I don't think he actually hated... Harry. I think that he took out his own issues on Harry. Really? Because he sure as shit acted like he hated him. But if he hated him, he wouldn't have actually tried saving him. Like, that wasn't hatred. I just keep seeing that I keep seeing a hatred only because he kept he keeps bringing up Harry's father and you know you're just like I mean him. he hated Harry's right. father. Right. And it, it, like he's project 
He's projecting. That's what it is. He doesn't hate Harry, but he's projecting the hate. He's projecting. But I don't think it was just hate for Harry's father. I think it's the hate for himself. Mm -hmm. I think it's the guilt that he feels for everything that he caused being the idiot that he was when he was younger. And I think he, I think in a lot of ways, Snape ended up hating himself. And he didn't make better decisions, Severus. But you're telling a 17-year-old kid to make better decisions. A 15-year-old kid. Like, when did he fall in with the Death Eaters? His brain wasn't even fully developed. True. True. She's good. I like it. She's good. But I'm not good. <laughs> right? I mean, why do you think I'm so in the middle a lot of the time? <laughs> she, she'll she make some great points. Yeah. But I'm like, I still want... And to be clear, I don't hate Snape's character. He was well written, but the dude was an asshole. So now we are in the third year, and this is peak dickwad Snape. He was trying to expose Remus Lupin, sweet Professor Lupin, the most competent defense against the dark arts professor the school has ever seen. The, you know. This one makes me a little emotional because I love Lupin. He was one of my favorite mm-hmm. teachers, you know? And he did all that for the simple fact he was mad over a childhood beef. And that's, that is some sociopathic bullshit, if you ask me. Because Lupin had Lupin didn't even know that Sirius was pulling that prank. Right. And I agree that his behavior towards Lupin was pretty petty. Though, he did also get the job that Snape has wanted forever, so I don't think it stems completely from the childhood beef. He also suspected that Lupin and Black were still friends and in contact, especially after Black managed to break into Hogwarts. So, like, that was a legitimate... Black is somehow getting into Hogwarts, and one of his schoolhood friends is there. He, There was a legitimate chance that Lupin could have been helping him, and Snape was concerned about that. Now, I think that that was unfounded, but he didn't know that at the time. It was very much so unfounded. We don't want to forget that even Lupin himself said that Snape could have tampered with the Wolfsbane potion, but he made it perfectly for him every time. Yeah, because, you know, murder is hard to, you know, cover up in the wizarding world. But he he didn't necessarily (laughs) have to murder him. He could have just mismade the potion so it didn't work properly now i mean he knew it would put other possibly students at risk so i think that shows that there is some rationality in this twisted man that he's not all bad and i i wouldn't say he was necessarily a bad person you know he i didn't i don't think he wanted to bring any harm to hogwarts i believe he looked at hogwarts the same way baltimore and harry looked at hogwarts as their home you know right but he's he still want had a you know stick up his ass right but i think that his lack of experience with love and friendship made it manifest in a way that was kind of sociopathic Mm -hmm. Uh, But he's clearly shown that he feels guilt, but he doesn't want others to see that. And I think that being a double agent has made him keep everything so blocked off from everyone. And that's a terrible way to deal with trauma. Like he hasn't actually 
dealt with any of his issues. He just bottles it all inside and hides it from everyone. So of course it's gonna burst out in completely horrible ways. That, which is why, again, I say he shouldn't be a teacher because he's not mentally prepared to deal with children. Yes. He's not mentally prepared to deal with humans. Right. See, he was, <laughs> yes, he was bullied. And I, I get that. And you know, a lot of people were bullied. Neville was bullied. Harry was bullied. Ron was bullied. Don't see them hanging out with future Death Eaters now, do we? Mm -mm -mm. Well, I don't honestly really view Snape as a victim of bullying, at least not at school. I think he was... They took his underwear off with the wand. Well, I think he was likely horribly bullied by his father and maybe even worse than just bullied. But at school, the hate and shitty treatment went both ways between him and the Marauders. There was mm. never really an imbalance of power between them. And I am sure that Snape got some form of revenge on James for that situation. Yeah, but they're not going to show that because all Snape wants you to see is all the shitty things that James did to him. But actually, he, yeah. he didn't want you to see that. The reason he took that memory out of his brain was so he wouldn't. Harry snuck into that pensive to find that out. I don't think that Snape was bullying other kids because he was bullied by Harry's father. Like, I don't think that's what made him an asshole. I think that it's because he had a really shitty childhood and it just completely led him down the wrong path where he fucked up a whole ton and then never properly dealt with all of that trauma. Definitely. And then found himself in a situation where he was reminded of it on a daily basis. And then he didn't get the job that he wanted. And like, it was, poor Snake. <laughs> this isn't working out for me. <laughs> I'm feeling kind of weird because I'm actually more on Quincy's side right now and Quincy is going over to her side and I just don't know what to do. She's making really good points, but like I get the points that she's making, but is she's still proving my point as well that yeah, he went through all this shit, but it made him into a whole asshole. I think it made him into an asshole at times. Yes, but he still had redeemable moments, I guess. Um, where was I? She made me lose my notes. And let's, oh, this part. Let's not forget he heard the whole conversation <laughs> between Sirius and Harry and still decided to turn Sirius in, not because he didn't believe him, but because the same stupid childhood grudge that he held... And you know what? You you snuck down there, snuck into the Shrieking Shack, listened to how Peter Pettigrew escaped, you know, and cut his own finger off. And then you're over there fuming like, oh, I'm going to get him now. And then now look at you. You got you got to expel the almost um, to the chest. Or was it a stupefy? I think it was I think it was three expel the at once. But regardless of that, the stunning or the Expelliarmus happened before the conversation. Snape didn't hear any of that. He showed up when they were still talking about how they all became Animagi. Mm. And Harry, Ron, and Hermione all attacked him at once and knocked him out. And then they told the rest of the story about what really happened. So Snape never heard any of it. He had no idea Pettigrew had escaped. He had no idea he was in that room. That is true. When he was there, there was a rat... And then Pettigrew escaped before Snape even came around. So by the time that they all get back up to the hospital wing, 
And Harry and Ron and Hermione are all spouting this story about the rat being a, actually Pettigrew and all this other stuff. He genuinely thought that Remus and Black had confunded the trio and that he was the hero in this situation who saved the day. And obviously you can see how unbalanced he is, but... Do you th- really believe that he genuinely thought they were confunded? Yeah, because he didn't see... He didn't see Pettigrew. He didn't know any of that story. He didn't hear any of it. He was knocked out. He missed everything of significance in that moment. True. I also think that he had this moment where he got to be the hero. And he never gets to be the hero. He's always the bad guy because he plays that spy. He's always the bad guy. So I think he just in this moment was just like, oh my God, like I'm the hero. The ministry is recognizing me as somebody other than a former Death Eater. Like, like that had to be something that was hard for him to lose. And I'm never in trying, none of my points here are that Snape wasn't messed up because he was, but I don't think that that means he deserves to be hated. Be that as it may. He did call <laughs> Hermione stupid and an insufferable know-it-all. How many times? Which is totally hypocritical. I mean, she's not stupid. She is a bit of an insufferable know-it-all, though. She is, but a teacher should not call her. No, he shouldn't. But let's also look back at the fact that I said I don't think he has any <laughs> business being a teacher. But like All of my Hermione, are how he's a bad teacher. So yeah, you're 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 making a good argument about him being how he has no business being a teacher, but you're not making a good argument about him deserve, needing to be hated. I I I can't help but hate him because you know he's a bad teacher. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know that he would have chosen to become a teacher. Had I like, I honestly think that Dumbledore needed to keep an eye on him and therefore put him in that role. I don't know that he ever wanted that. Like, could you imagine essentially being forced to work a job that you never aspired to? Oh yes, yes. Mm. Like that would that would just also add to your being like things that make you be a dick. Because right? let's let's be honest, everybody can be a dick. Sometimes. sometimes. Have you seen my Facebook? but like i like i keep saying that that i don't think he had any business being a teacher but in absolutely not in addition to being unstable from everything he experienced the abusive childhood falling in with the worst crowd that he possibly could have and honestly i say he probably did drugs we don't know what he was cooking up in those um cauldrons yeah who knows he was a pretty gifted (laughs) potion maker but because of how his muggle father treated him and his mother that probably gave him a poor view on muggles and then losing the one person he actually did care about and then later causing her death and then having to shut every one of those emotions away instead of dealing with it. That's just like a whole bunch of shit packed into one body and then you put that in a job that you don't even really want. They don't have therapists in the wizarding world. I mean, they might, but do you think that he could go confide in somebody when he's trying to be a spy? Dumbledore always seemed like he could have played that role had Snape, you know, opened up properly. I think Snape did open up to Dumbledore, but Dumbledore was all about the greater good and he needed Severus in that role. All right, all right. Since it does seem like we're going in order, 
why did he enjoy occlumency so much? Like, he really seemed like he was enjoying the pain that he was causing Harry. And not only that, he taunted Sirius a lot, being stuck in the house and made Sirius even more reckless than he already was. You know, considering the fact that he was locked up in that house, like he got tested positive for COVID-19. This was just, just another <laughs> example of his childhood grudge driving him to be an asshole. Now, that has nothing to do with him being a teacher. And well, it does a little bit because Harry was self-admittedly terrible at Auckland. Uh, yes. Because he's too emotional. And so I don't think he was enjoying the pain he was causing, I think he was genuinely trying to teach him and annoyed to Helen back that Harry wasn't taking to it very well. And when you combine that with his hatred to James, it was always going to be a recipe for disaster. Even Dumbledore admitted that he should have never had Snape teach Harry. And what about the Sirius situation? Okay, so I love Sirius dearly, but the man had been locked in Azkaban for 12 long ass <laughs> years. And he hated Snape just as much Snape hated him. He brought a lot of that animosity from Snape onto himself. He did. But Snape was also, like, Snape was also taunting him. He's like, you know, you can do some cleaning around here. This place is filthy. Clean it up. Snape was just, Snape was getting so much joy out of the fact that Sirius couldn't really go anywhere or do anything that it, it, it kind of made my stomach turn when when Sirius ended up leaving the house because of the taunts that he was getting. Oh, Sirius was going to leave the house no matter what. But go to the ministry? Sirius was... Yeah, he was never the type to stay back and miss the fight. But I... It didn't matter what Snape said to him. He was always going to go protect Harry. He was always going to be in the thick of the battle. Right, but piling up on top of the fact that he was going to go protect Harry... Um, Listen, having those taunts in the back of his head, like that, in my mind, that kind of drove him to do it. I don't think so. And even Dumbledore said that he didn't think so. That Sirius was an adult who wasn't going to take the words of somebody he didn't like to heart. He was always going to want to go. And like Hagrid said, that he would have wanted to go in battle. But even Dumbledore said he could be wrong sometimes. But not usually. Like everybody who knew Sirius <laughs> knew that he was the type to want to fight for what he believed in he wanted to go he he could not stand being locked up at home he hated it with a passion and yes snape did needle that but it didn't matter if he did or didn't sirius would have always gone to protect harry now i do agree with you sirius is not without blame but given Snape's distant and recent history, like, we can't really blame him for having a distaste for him. Like, seriously, every chance he gets, he, like, bullies a child, and I think um, that's what sticks out the most to me, is that this man in his mid-30s gets his rocks off by bullying a child simply because he looks like his father. Well, I don't think it was purely because Harry looked like his father. I think that played a lot into it. But I also think that in Snape's mind, if Harry hadn't existed, Lily would still be alive. And since he blames himself for her death, I think he's projected the hate that he feels for himself onto Harry. And then that's mixing with his hate of James, which is just a recipe for disaster. You know, may maybe he needs a teddy bear, a hug or something. He probably would have benefited greatly from a teddy bear. <laughs> like something, because it's like, like look at look at it from the point of view like 
he did all of this. And then on top of that, he stopped teaching Harry one of the most important lessons that Harry needed to learn um, because Harry got a glimpse of, oh, no, my daddy used to bully you or you and my daddy didn't get along. It's like he Snape was such an emotional ball that it it was just uncomfortable to watch. And I really wish they would have like played it out more on camera because I'm a strong believer that if he would have continued to teach Harry Occlumency, he would have never gone to the ministry and Sirius would never die. I think there's a chance that that's correct. But again, I do want to point out that Harry was terrible at Occlumency because of how emotional he was. And it took extreme grief, or as Dumbledore would have said, love for Harry to finally be able to block out Voldemort after Dobby died. Oh, yeah. And Harry was also deliberately not trying to close his mind so that he could figure out what was behind that door. So even if Snape had continued teaching Harry, he was never going to learn it well enough to block out that fake dream from Voldemort. That is a good point. You know, I'm still upset with um, Harry, too, because he didn't use the freaking mirror that Sirius gave him. But, you know. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's just annoying in general. (laughs) I'm like, sir. It was one of those instances where I was screaming at a piece of paper as I was reading it. Like, I was just like, what are you doing? (laughs) You know, we're going to move on from this section because that that's Harry's fault. That that whole situation is Harry's fault. But if, if well, and Dumbledore would argue that it was all his fault. But you so. know what? I feel like if Snape was a little bit more patient, and that's that's another thing. He was he had no patience because he already didn't really care for Harry at all. So his patience was wearing thin. He didn't really want to be there to begin with. He had better things to do. So he lost patience and he was looking for a reason. But if he had patience, maybe Harry would have, you know, been in better hands. Maybe not. Now, through the last two books, he was just a regular dickhead status. Like, we just start finding out so much more about him and his dark past from the fact that he created Sectum Sempra. Um, he was always planning to work with the Death Eaters from a young age. When he was making comments like our kind or even calling Lily the love of his life a mudblood. And on top of everything, he used Sectum Sempra on George. I can never forgive him for that. He used Sectum Sempra on George and made him lose his ear. Well, we also learn about his shitty childhood that likely led him to disliking Muggles. And he did tell Lily that it didn't matter that she was muggle-born. And I think he meant that, but in a moment of extreme humiliation, he said the worst thing he could think of. And don't forget, we also saw him begging Lily for forgiveness. He knew he fucked up. But the Sectum Sempreth curse that cut off George's ear, that had been meant for the Death Eater's hand. The Death Eater who was about to murder Lupin, and Snape saved his life. It just unfortunately hit George's ear. Well, that is a good point. But the fact that he created the curse in the beginning, like, that's a fucked up curse. Like, just imagine using that on any person, like, any person. I I wouldn't be comfortable using a, a curse like that. And secondly, just because you beg for forgiveness after doing something really shitty is not an excuse to excuse the fact that you did that shitty thing. 
Well, I don't think that it excuses it, but I think it all depends on where you go from there. Mm. And we all, because, like, in addition to, like, throughout all of these memories, we got to see Snape's grief when he realized that Lily was killed. We also saw his loyalty to Dumbledore. He swore that he would protect Harry so that Lily's sacrifice would not have been in vain, and he always did that. Like, even if he was being horrible to him at the same time, he always protected him. He always made sure he was alive. One point to make, though. Yes, it depends on where you go from there. But where he went from there was to sell out James and Lily to Voldemort. Well, he didn't sell them out. He didn't know who they meant then. True. I mean, sure, we can say that, you know, Snape helped Harry and protected him. And I will never deny that at all. At all. Because he did. But... The world has been divided into good people and death eaters. So it's only logical to think that, yes, Snape was a double agent, but he was still a mega asshat. He still terrorized children to the point where Neville's bug art was him. He was an asshat to the point where he was willing to let James and Harry die and have Lily live without her family for his own selfish reasons. He has made fun of students, threatened them, and even if the threats were empty, since, you know, when is it a good idea to mentally scar children? The only thing Severus Snape cared about was himself and only gave Harry those memories to make himself seem redeemable. I, for one, don't buy it, and I will not allow some some sweet memories of how he chooses to remember his life to make me like him. Just because he was a well-written character that doesn't lessen the hatred that I have for that man. And so in conclusion, fuck Severus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Snape could absolutely be an asshat at times, but I don't think that erases the good that he did do. I think the best that can be said about Snape is that he's a very gray character. I do also want to point out that he wasn't actually okay with letting James and Harry die. I think he entertained that idea when he first went to Voldemort and asked him to spare Lily. But ultimately, he chose to go to Dumbledore and protect them all. In going to Dumbledore, he put his own desires aside and did what would be best for the Potters. And I think that the students that he was the worst to all triggered him in some way, which is why I don't think he had any business working directly with children being that unstable. But I don't think he shared those memories with Harry in the hopes of redeeming himself. I don't even think he actually cared about that. He made Dumbledore swear not to reveal, as Dumbledore put it, the best of him. I think that those memories were designed to give Harry enough of the story to understand that he was genuinely on the good side so that Harry would trust the information about needing to sacrifice himself to truly make Voldemort vulnerable. Like I said before, I don't hate Snape because I understand where he came from and it makes me feel bad for him. I don't think that justifies how he treated his students and I still maintain that he had no business being a teacher. But I do think that he ended up making a very good headmaster. When he wasn't directly interacting with children, I think he was able to keep their best interests at heart. Like, he, I gave that example already of telling Phineas Nigellus not to use the word mudblood. It gives you the impression that after he said that to his best friend, the woman that he loved, and lost her friendship forever, I think he genuinely, once especially, he turned to the good side for real. I think that 
he tried to live that bit more. I think he tried to live the way that Lily would have wanted him to. And I think that when Ginny and Neville and Luna were caught trying to break into his office to steal the sword, he sent them on a detention with Hagrid. When he had the Caros, who were for detention, having people practice the Cruciatus curse on kids with attention. So, like, he did everything he could as headmaster to protect those kids. And that, to me, says that there is genuinely good within him. And it doesn't erase the bad, so it just kind of balances things out. And I think that he ended his life doing the best that he could. And therefore... I forgive him for all of the really shitty ass hatty things that he did in his past. Damn it, Ellen. That was beautiful. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. I mean... But I'm still not going to name my child after him. Oh, no, no. I still think that Harry should have named his son Remus Hagrid. Or something. Yeah. I mean, I like the alliteration of Remus Rubius a lot. Remus Rubius. That's what I meant. Yes, Remus Rubius mm-hmm. Potter. I think that should have been his son's name, not Albus Severus, because that name is just awful. Horrible. I would have even accepted, I would have accepted Remus Albus, because those are two people who died, mm. who gave their life for the cause. Mm. I'd accept that as much as I think Hagrid deserved that honor. Funkle Hagrid deserved that honor. Funkle Hagrid definitely deserved that honor. The bravest man that he knew. How quickly Harry's, you know, tune changed. Like, it was like almost instant. But, you know, I'll let Ellen have this one. (laughs) Well, I, I think that, like, the same way that he saw similarities between himself and Voldemort that scared him, I think he saw similarities between himself and Snape that helped him understand Snape. Like, he wasn't afraid of Snape. So I think the similarities, he, I think it made him feel bad for him. I think he understood that Snape got the short end of the stick, too. He and Harry had very, he called them all forgotten boys. The lot, Like, he and Voldemort and Snape all had very similar lives growing up with just super fucking shitty. And... Voldemort never stood a chance coming from where he came from, having been born of a love potion. Right. But Snape fell into the wrong crowd and then managed to overcome all of that to get to the point of doing the right thing. And I think that Harry respected that. And I, I don't know that I would say Harry liked him, but I think he forgave him. Like, had Snape lived, I don't know that he would have been having him around for dinner. Right. Yeah. No. And I hear I thought that I was the best debater. <laughs> you know, it, it's the smile. Obviously, you never went up against Ellen. <laughs> She'll hit you with this smile, and then she's like, I understand where you're coming from, but here's why you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I maintain that my issue with Snape lies mainly with the way that he is perceived in the fandom. Like... Like, I hate that people have the matching rings that are like, after all this time, always. Like, I hate that. I Because he was obsessive over Lily. That It wasn't healthy. It wasn't, like, love. He was obsessive. And he was one of those, like, dude bros who calls himself friend-zoned and he's pissed off about it. Like, it, it's not this romantic thing. Well, and I don't, I don't fully think that's what that was. I think that 
if Lily had fallen for anybody other than James, he wouldn't have been as bad. I think because of, he hated James so much, that just really sucked for him to see. But he seemed perfectly fine with them just being best friends. Right. Like, he seemed, he like, I don't know that... I would apply, first of all, I hate the term friend zone. <laughs> no, I hate it too. But like, I don't think that I would apply it. Like, you can't see my air quotes, but I totally air quoted because I hate that term too. Air quotes. Right. But like, I I don't think that it applies to this situation because Lily was just the one person that was ever kind to Snape. She was his one true friend and he fucked that up so badly. I don't think he ever stood a chance to let go of that. So I don't know that the way he held on to her was this great big love that the fandom paints it as. I think that he was just never going to be able to let it go because it was all his fault. And I do agree with you. I hate that the fandom makes it this big romantic love story. When I think it wasn't romantic love, I think it was just love. It's just one of those things that irritates me. Like, I... I can't handle the way the fandom perceives Snape. It's not necessarily that I have a problem with Snape. I'm not a huge fan of him, but it's how the fandom can perceive him that really bothers me. I think I grew a soft spot for Snape through this episode. But, I mean, I 100% agree that he can be an absolute asshat. I mean, not as much of an asshat as Vernon Dursley, of course, but, you know. Oh, God, well... (laughs) there's a reason why he is the bag of assholes. Because he's a bag of assholes. All right, Katie, you want to bring us around to the Potter Pondering? And for this week's Potter Pondering, we're turning it around to you guys and asking you, what are your thoughts on Snape? Do you think he just shouldn't have been a teacher, but isn't really that bad of a guy like Ellen? Do you think he was a complete asshat like Quincy? Or like me, do you just not like how the fandom portrays him? Let us know. Yep, so we'll have a post up on our Facebook page. And you can find it and let us know what you think. All right, Quincy, you want to read our trivia question? Of course. During detention with Snape, Harry was tasked with clearing out old records of student punishments. What box number did Snape ask him to start at? If you know the answer, head to our Facebook page at JKR Podcast and find the post. Comment under the post with the answer and the code word hashtag Snivelous. The prize for the first one who responds with a correct answer and the code word will get a bitch is a witch, motherfuckers a wizard, a just keep rolling, or a pride sticker. I just want to say, Dave, this is your chance because I'm not going to be answering this question. (laughs) Bam. Gauntlet thrown. Right there. Another way to get a sticker is to rate and review us. If you're an Apple person, you can do it through the Apple Podcast or iTunes app. If you don't have Apple, then as a recommendation on our Facebook page. Then email us at justkeeprolling at gmail.com to let us know you did, and we'll get back to you to figure out which sticker you want and where to send it. Don't forget to find us and follow us on Facebook at JKR Podcast and Twitter and Instagram at Just Keep Rolling. We are going to continue creating more Potterheads of History episodes and you can become a patron to gain access to those future episodes, along with other perks, including getting to guest host an episode like Quincy here. If you'd like to support us as a patron for those perks, you can go to patreon.com slash justkeeprolling. And as always, any support you can give is greatly appreciated. Thanks again for joining us for this, Quincy. I had so much fun, and it's not just because this was a point in the outline column. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
I can admit when I lose, you know, it's not often. Of course, you see eight weeks straight. I'll never let Dave <laughs> live that down. Nor should but, you. <laughs> you know what? And I would actually pay to be on another episode because this is so fun. Oh, we'll have you on another time. This was great. So. As for the rest of you, join us this Friday for our next episode that covers Chapter 8, The Death Day Party, and the corresponding film scenes. Until next time, you guys, just keep rolling. Thanks for listening. We hope you hear us again. I'm Katie. I'm Ellen. Until the next time, just keep rolling. rolling.